You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves, William Gibson. Hey, welcome back, Will. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh Uh-huh. All right. Well, you're on the other side of the continent. You moved from one side to the other. Uh, how do How do you like it so far? Uh, so far, not bad. It's been um, it's been really nice. Very green. A lot greener than I'm used to. Um, see more race car trailers on the freeway, so that's kind of nice. Um, gotta go to some of these short tracks when I get a chance. But yeah, all in all, I'm really excited. It was a smooth move. Um, bummed out I missed last week's episode. I Packed my computer and everything I needed to do the show with me, except the box of cables I put in a second shipment. So, um, sorry I had a miss last week, but I'm excited to be back and um, just a new part of my life. It's all it's all going good right now. Cool. Yeah, you got to have those cables. They're very important. <laughs> yeah, and I um I thought about going out and buying some, but I was like, ah, my wife will kill me if I buy cables I already own and. I had like a different monitor, which has like some special AC adapter, so I decided not to. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Uh, let's jump into racing results. Uh, of course, the NASCAR iRacing series. We've been at Richmond. Ugh. Uh, let's go through it. Um, Wednesday open. Uh, Chris Scales' uh, teammate finished eighth. He got punted on the last restart, and he called it another dumpster fire. Uh, Twenty cautions for a hundred laps. And then uh, Thursday opened uh, David uh, 27th with a blown engine for Flowers. And uh, Greg Hectus uh, finished 14th with a damaged car. Chris 19th had a good race for the most part, but got destroyed with a few laps to go by a guy that uh, a teammate warned me about. I got doored so hard it bent my right front up. Yeah, I was actually, um, that was actually the day I got my computer back up and I hopped in to kind of help David, Greg, and Chris out and, uh, it was a, we kind of got, David fell two laps down, I believe, and Greg fell a lap down, and we worked our way back up, and then um, David's motor just blew up out of nowhere. We were thinking it might have been the oil pressure getting too high on the restarts, um, and then I had to hop off shortly after that, but Greg was doing a great job limping in, and Chris was doing amazing. He was top 10 the whole race, and kind of bummed out that he got wrecked out there at the end. Yeah. And then, uh, Tony, uh, you come up with the best start of the week so far up to that point, uh, the next night on Thursday, P7. Good run. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, well, let's just, that was a garbage race. Um, half the fricking laps were under caution. Um, I, I decided to play the strategy of not qualifying and, um, I started dead last and, uh, you know, just trying to keep myself out of trouble and well it worked for the most part you know i got i got rear-ended a couple times one time put me completely sideways and um i was able to hang on to it but uh playing the slow card it it ended up uh, putting me a lap down by the time i got recovered and back up to speed and stuff um but uh got a you know got a lucky dog and then was able to work my way up the field and uh the last run was 20 or 25 laps and uh, I was able to 
to gain you know, about five spots on that last battle. Um, that was the best part of the race for me. It was some good racing those last 20 laps, but up to that point, it was just, it was complete garbage. Sometimes you have to go through that garbage to get to that magical 20 at the end where there's some good racing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was almost there for a bit worried that I was going to end up getting disqualified because I think I ended up with like 14 incident points. Um, one one of which was uh, definitely my fault. I Somehow I just spaced out and uh, <laughs> creamed the wall because I forgot to turn. <laughs> Now, I don't know where my notes are. I obviously ran, I think I missed one night, and I ran the next night. No, I no, I missed Wednesday. I had to go to a, a recital for my stepdaughter. That's right. So I missed the race um, on Wednesday, So, um, and, I, and then I had to work Thursday. So that was Thursday night. Chris also ran that night with you. Uh, he actually qualified, started top 10, but felt, finished P17. Um, Friday open, Chris ran again P3 which I think is the best result of the team um, with the set that Greg Hectus made. Uh, uh, should have been a win, he said. He ran top, uh, you know, for the most of the race there. Uh, came from the back twice because the car is too fast on pit road, I guess. Uh, and then those guys were all hyped up over the weekend. I mean, what would you guys see on the messenger? Um, you know, people are excited for Talladega, that's for sure. Yeah, it's um, everyone's excited. They know Talladega's Talladega, and Chris is like, "Hey, I'm gonna get a win here to make up for all the wrecks I'm gonna have to deal with in the meantime." But it um, yeah, it's a it's exciting to see everybody hyped up for that race. Yeah, so yeah, Greg, Chris, and David they rolled out of bed early Sunday morning and ran the open at Richmond. Um, Greg got a. P6, uh, uneventful race, went to the back like usual, and then back to the front. Chris, he said he had a good chance to steal the win today from the bottom split. Started two laps down because the PC froze. Got those two laps back, was running P4, running the fastest laps on the track by far. Uh, this my luck dodging squirrels uh, when the race ran out. And then David Flowers uh, mentioned he got DQ'd due to other bad drivers. And uh, then the final event Sunday night, I ran uh, P6. I, you can't believe how up and down this race was. I was running not too bad, you know, like, I don't know, mid-pack or so. I got caught up in a wreck with 4 minutes 30 seconds damage. There were so many cautions that I got it all fixed eventually. I was doing, you know, 15, 20 seconds every caution. So you do the math. I mean, that's a lot of cautions, a lot of getting that four minutes uh, fixed. I was a 27th, last car on the lead lap, and a caution came out 10 to go. It had been a 40-lap run. I stayed out with two others and restarted P3. Everyone else pitted for tires after that long run. And uh, there was like, you know, four or five to go when the green came out. And I finished P3. Uh, excuse me. Restarted P3, finished P6, actually. But after being wrecked and having all that damage and being slow and being dead last on the lead lap. And then all of a sudden I finished six, you know, ten laps later. It's like, 
unbelievable. How could I even do that? It kind of reminds me of the race you had um, earlier this year at California where you were at the back most of the race and dodged some wrecks at the end and made up a lot of spots. That's um definitely the best way to save points as the season goes on is to capitalize on those those rough races. You know, it was all the strategy uh, was what got me that spot. And, and the other part of it, the other two guys that stayed out with me was uh, a girl, Katie Haight, who's really fast, and uh, Ryan Eckstein. And they finished 1-2. And so they actually held their position and won and finished 1-2, even though I faded from 3rd to 6th. I, I had everybody behind me had tires, and so there's no way I was going to keep 3rd. But, uh, man, that was uh, up and down emotionally. You're like, man, I'm going to have a bad result, and I'm going to get you know <clears throat> beaten up here. I'm the last car. I'm the slowest car out here. And I was telling, uh, you know, Chris, I have nothing to lose. You know, I'm going to finish 27th if I pit now and get tires. But if I don't pit and the caution comes out, you know, maybe I'll get a better spot. So why not? Uh, Chris, he, he ran that night. Uh, he got wrecked a few times. DQ'd out right at the end, too, which is a bummer. Uh P18, five laps down after running with the intentional wrecker from earlier. Um, yeah, the DQ was with 30 laps to go. So that was uh, Richmond. I'm kind of glad it's over. Um, even though I got a P6, I'm happy with that. I had to get, take a bye for the Open. I didn't get a result. Let's jump to Road to Pro. Tony, uh, you ran with me that night. We ran... The trucks at Richmond, and you had a blown engine. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, once once again, like my both both my races that, uh, at Richmond were just they were crap. Like they were just garbage races. Just you spend the whole time pacing, um, and there's just so much crap going on on the track. You you, you just can't dodge it all. And boy, was I trying. You know, and it, and it really sucks because I, I I like Richmond the track I love racing it um, such a fun track, um, but eh, it is what it is right. It blocks up quick. Yeah, Chris also had a blown engine. I did finish P19. I was involved in many incidents, uh, tons of cautions. I think I was right up against the DQ limit. Uh, Will, uh, you finished uh, or you ran some official after you got your rig set up. Uh, Tell us you got a, a result there in limited late models at Eldora. Yeah, so um, first race back, I, I did a couple of practice laps beforehand, but I hopped into a limited late model race, and um, I think it was a, a little over 40 people signed up, so that was kind of exciting. Uh, made top split. Um, car number 10, though, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot. and was second quickest in practice, qualified, I believe, third, and... Was battling for third the whole race. Um, great racing. I had a 0x, which was a sigh of relief because I feel like my last few dirt races were a little little rougher than that. But um, second place kind of took himself out on the last lap, and I kind of just settled in in third place. I could have dive-bombed in, tried to get second, but I was happy with uh, P3 and then gained a ton of IR, which felt really good. So it's um, it's good to be back for sure. <laughs> All right. And, of course, Talladega started this week, and one of the few times I'll run uh, A open or A fixed, 
And so I've been running a fixed earlier today. I ran uh, and wrecked out on lap 17 in a big one. Uh, some guy got down on the apron. He came back up and took out the field. And, you know, as they come down towards turn three and he's down there on the apron, if you put on the brakes, you're not going to come back up into the track if you try to stop. The guy didn't have any intention of trying to stop. He was trying to fade back up, and he overjudged it and just took out the entire field. And, yeah. And then later I ran again, finished P2. Uh, early, I got blinked out. Uh, the, I had the server go red on the right side. And then all the cars jumped in the air, and I got thrown off the track. And so I went straight to the back. I ended up moving it back up to the front eventually and uh, made it up to P2. I got a caution, and after the caution, I somehow restarted 15th and worked my way up. And I was in position to make a move, but I just didn't make the right move. It was just a botched attempt. It was my first, you know position this week to be in you know put myself in that position but man it feels good to put myself in that position to see that I still have that that I can get to the front in a restrictor plate and contend for a win and man that just feels awesome yeah so with all the uh the excitement on uh, you know on the team messenger um Chris Gales was uh you know tossing out memes left right and center and I, I gotta say I joined in the fun too but uh he was he was um really trying to rally the troops last night to, to do the uh, a open race at eight thirty, And uh, so I, you know, I bid, I took him up on it and uh, we did a little bit of practicing beforehand to see what uh, we got a couple different sets to choose from, to see which one's working the best and uh, go to start up. And well, where, where'd Chris go? Um, <laughs> turns out he, uh, he went into an open practice and uh, forgot to actually register for the race. So, I got left uh, running that open race by myself last night. Um, really, really good race. Um, I started from the back, dead last, and uh, I I finished P9, but um, had it wasn't a fuel issue right at the very end, um, I, I was I was uh, sitting P5. My my car the car wasn't any better than that for that race, but uh, some really good race and like the the whole race uh, wasn't too many cautions. And uh, had some nice uh, um, three wide action. Uh, everybody was able to to hold their lines and 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 stay out of trouble. It was it was a lot of fun. Good. After all that, you had some fun. That's good. Well, uh, tonight is the Peak Series at Richmond as well, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, right after the recording of the podcast. Here should be interesting. Uh, can Ryan Lusa make it three in a row? Who knows? But I'll probably put it on and watch it. I am going to try to run some more A-Fix tonight, maybe A-Open. Now, when I went to run earlier today, I wanted to run A-Open. There were two registered, two people. And then I waited 15 minutes, and in A-Fix, 28 were registered. And so that was a huge difference. I was kind of surprised by that. It kind of surprises me every time we get to these super speedways, just how popular they are. Um Maybe because I'm just not a big fan of them. Um, but, yeah, it just amazes me. Like, they're so popular, and they all seem to kind of end a disaster for most people, but people just love those races. Yeah, so it should be a wreck fest tonight, I would guess, with the Peak guys. Um, I, I can't imagine it be any different. 
All right, well, let's jump into topics. Uh, Will, you got the first one. Yeah, so iRacing um, is looking for volunteers. Um, I kind of noted guinea pigs as well. Um, Randy Cassidy posted it in the forum saying that iRacing is looking for volunteers that are having connection issues. So if you're having connection issues quite often, can generate a Wireshark packet um, during your session and are willing to give those packet captures for analysis to iRacing, um, you're definitely the guy or gal they're looking for. So, um, yeah, if you're having issues and you're pretty tech savvy, I would definitely reach out to Randy Cassidy on the forums um, so they could try to hopefully fix the sim for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got you got to be one of those guys that's really having a problem. And what they're doing, if you read into it more, they got to start a, a trace or, a, a you know, a, a recording of what's going on uh, on their end when you report it. And they're going to do it real time. And so when you report it that they have a problem, there's going to be some kind of reporting mechanism. Somebody, there will be a team of people at iRacing, and any one of them, 24 hours a day, will take a moment and log in and start the, the trace, so to speak. And so they'll have data from their side. They'll have the data from the side of the sim racer. They'll get those together and analyze them and try to figure out what's going on. And so they have one guy, I think, so far that's actually helped them out. And, man, we they need more help. You know, we need to get some more people that have problems and and get this documented, you know, for the, so they can address it. And so he... Uh, says connection in issues means the Q bar meter goes all the way to the red for many seconds on end, generally leading to a disconnect. So if that's what's happening, uh, you can reach out to support at iracing.com is how they want you to initiate it, actually, and you can uh, tell them you want to help with the uh, connection issue thing. All right, uh, Tony, what's next? Yeah, iRacing uh, threw up a a post on their on their Twitter, um, having a little fun with the uh, about the forums there. Um, this little uh, post, you know, license. How do you spell it? Just kind of showcasing the uh, the the many variations of how to spell that word. Um, <laughs> or I, I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi myself, and I and I tend to bite my tongue when I see um, misspellings. Uh, so this one. Uh, took my OCD and uh, kind of drove me a little nuts, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's fun. And everybody makes those silly mistakes. Well, doesn't the UK's guys spell it differently over there across the pond? I don't know, but uh, regardless, it's kind of interesting that they've had some issues with the forums or they've made some changes and then they decided to kind of poke at it, I guess, but Oh but, yeah, I, and that stupid license word is one of the, what is is definitely one that gets spelled wrong a lot of the times. Yeah, so they have taken the forums down for maintenance. Um, they've done it earlier today. Actually, it came down. We don't have that documented here, but um, they are tracking. They've got a running list of what they're working on, uh, including partial image loading. When clicking on image attachments, 504 errors on large threads, connection close errors, image thumbnails not displaying, 
uh, Craig's dual login issue, signature image issues, and stuff like that. I find this kind of interesting because I've not noticed any of those issues. Have you guys? I haven't, actually. I, um, I've signed up to get alerts when certain people post. Um, I don't always get those, but other than that, that's kind of the, pretty much the only issue I get. Um, but I don't use the forums that much to really notice. Right. All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, Mitchell DeJong. Uh, remember, he is uh, on fire right now in the sim racing world. But uh, in GRC and Formula One, you know, you name it. He actually posted up a picture on Twitter of his, what he calls the Sim Cave. And it's his man cave where he's got two simulators, not one, but two set up. He has a separate computer station over on the other side. He's got all his racing helmets hung up on the wall, like about 10 of them. A couple of electrical guitars and and so forth. Looks like a couch as well. What do you guys think? Looks pretty nice. Yep, this is like, uh, <laughs> man, you just you look at it and you're you're just drooling. Like he's he's looks like he's got an Obato, uh set up just to set just to watch TV or um, it's kind of hard to tell at the, at this angle. But if um, you zoom in, you can get a good look. Uh, the one on the left is a single uh, screen cockpit. It's the Obato Revolution, just like I have. And it looks like that one is set up for VR. And he's got a dirt car as the screensaver. So I think that's his dirt rig. And then the rig over on the right is obviously his Formula One rig. And it's yeah. got a proper racing seat and everything. Yeah, and then also, uh, like right right behind all that, it looks like another triple monitor setup um, with just like one of those... Um, you know, sim racing desk chairs. Um, geez. Yes. Hello. Thank you. I would love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got quite a setup here for sure. Um, yeah. Um, when I first saw the two rigs, it kind of reminded me of like when I was a kid and I had like the official PlayStation controller for me. And then like that third party knockoff I let friends use is kind of what I first thought when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, this is my rig nobody touches, and then this is uh, for everybody else, yeah. I, I was just speculating that, you know, one's for dirt and VR and the other one's for Formula One. Yeah, it's triples. Got the best of both worlds. Pretty cool. All right, what's next? It's like uh, Scott Speed is back. Um... He uh, posted on his Instagram a pic of him sitting in a rig with iRacing in the background holding a rock star. He's back. Okay, so he didn't get banned. I guess he just got suspended when he purposely ran that guy off the road a few months ago. Yeah, now I saw another uh, post. Now I can't remember where I saw it, um, and I should have linked it and put it on the page. Uh, but it was uh, Scott Speed at the um, iRacing uh headquarters um, yeah we got uh, that that's the next link uh in the in the notes ah ha ha busted <laughs> yeah so he's at he was that was earlier today that he twittered that out and he said he's here at iRacing headquarters with nim cross and it's a picture of him with nim cross on the left side there 
I don't know who the other guys are, though, in the background, but you can see a couple sim rigs uh, in the background as well, as uh, as well as an iRacing racing suit, you know, a real-life one hanging on the wall. I think it's funny he's able to kind of... I feel like he's laughed at himself saying he's with the um, the chief steward of iRacing. And he know. puts it in quotes. Yeah, I'm sure they've had discussions in the past. <laughs> Well, that's the guy who would have banned him, or, you know, suspended him, I should say. So, Scott is back, GRC is gone, and he's obviously in that other Rallycross division or series now. And, you know, it, it, I still haven't seen iRacing post anything officially about GRC. Yeah, it's um, it's really odd. I feel like... That's something I think if I was in charge of the company, I would want to be ahead of to keep confidence with the users. If there's people that are subscribing that want to do the pro GRC or if that's their real hobby or interest, to hear the partner iRacing had has basically gone under would be nerve-wracking. I really feel like people would want to um, – I feel like they would want to get in front of that to keep people's confidence of like, hey, don't worry. This isn't going away. We're still doing this. We're still doing that. Partnerships may change, but we're still pushing forward no matter what. So I'm surprised they haven't really said anything. Yeah, it's been seven days. And nothing. And I think, you know, the other thing is, isn't the main event coming up, like in the next couple of weeks, it starts? The pro series, you know, the actual pro series. You know, I've kind of lost track a little bit, but... Yeah, I think I it was mid-May or early May. Yeah, it's got to be coming up really soon, so... Right, so the timing is uh, very suspicious that they haven't said anything. They say, hey, we're going to continue with this, but there isn't going to be a, a prize. Or maybe they're out there looking for a replacement sponsor or something. Who knows? You know, I don't know. All right, uh, what's next? Yeah, uh, Tyler Hudson um, posted up in the forums looking for advice for the 2018 Season 3 schedules. Um, I believe he reached out to the Advanced Mazda Super Late Models. Uh, I no, that was he... just a sampling. That was probably, he reached out to every single series there is. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, if you um, if you run a dedicated series that you really like and if you have a small community going... Um, now's your chance to kind of speak up and reach out to Tyler for any um, scheduling advice as far as what track, distance, length, all that fun stuff. So um, yep. I think it's really cool iRacing does this and Tyler takes the time to reach out and kind of get what the community wants because they're the ones running these races. And and they do they were doing exactly what the community is you know putting to them typically, unless it's not you know out of line or something, but. You know, the other thing I saw was uh, on the 360 dirt winged, uh, there was talk of, well, you know, we really don't like heat racing on this particular car. It's not working. A lot of people are saying that. And Tyler's like, okay, if that's what you guys want, then you guys at the community need to come up with that and submit it to me, you know, by ex you know May 5th so we can put the schedules together, you know. Yeah, that, that might be more of a car count issue with that series or something. Um, and being lower power, it's probably a little less racy than, say, the 410. But, yeah, now's the chance to speak up and kind of get the things you want 
going for the series you like. All right, I got the next one here. Uh, we got a we got us a comment here from uh, on SoundCloud actually from a listener named Gaftastic, and he said, uh, "Do you guys think we're still going to get the Subaru Rally Cross car now?" Uh, that's a good question. They I, that was certainly something they were working on. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know why they would stop doing that. Cause even if global rally cross is gone, I'm sure they'll pick up another sponsor or something, something different will happen. But I feel like overall it will be good promotion for Subaru. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're probably the ones who get the funds from whatever percentage they get when we buy the car. So I think it would be, um, it'd be silly for like Subaru or iRacing to kind of stop that. Well, look look at Subaru's uh, perspective, though. They just changed series. They're in a different rally cross. And then all of a sudden, their Subaru comes out in what? The global rally cross series, which doesn't even exist anymore, you know, on iRacing. You know, it's got branding all over it. It's got red, you know, when you look at iRacing dirt, you know, rally, you see Red Bull everywhere, you know. It's signage everywhere. And so I'm wondering if that's why iRacing hasn't uh, come out with anything. Maybe they're behind the scenes trying to work out a deal with this other series. I mean, who knows? I have no idea. And I was kind of thinking earlier today, it seems like participation has really bottomed out um, in those GRC races. I mean, obviously, when it first came out, like there was five, 600 people per race. But there was a race, I think, at Iowa today that nobody was registered. And I was really surprised, I think having the Subaru will really kind of spark that. And um, actually crypto Nick on our YouTube chat said people love Subarus. It'd be dumb for them to leave it out. So I'm kind of in line with what he has to say. I think, um, I think that's something like iRacing needs to get together, whether there is a series backer or not. Well, lots of questions. Okay. What's next? That's you, Tony. Okay. Wow. Empty box video sparks some conversation on the forums. Um, YouTuber Empty Box posted a video on his opinions on SR, incident points, and the license system. And it caused a bit of an uproar in the iRacing forum. Go figure. Um, the thread under uh, general off topic called Because of Empty Box's latest tirade is now 33 pages long. Um, and it's the place to go if you want to enter the discussion. Now, I, I, I did kind of peek through uh, some of these. I think it was when it was only about 20 pages long. And uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, everybody's got an opinion on on the licensing and incident points and all that other stuff. But they're um, in a different thread. Somebody posted a poll asking about the incident system and and should it be removed. Um, so the, the 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 poll choices were were yes, I'm indifferent, no, and it should be re- revamped. Well, uh, 48% of of the votes were uh, for no, just just leave it alone, it's it's good. Um, and then uh, 25% of the votes went for, yeah, totally ditch it. Um, wow, yeah, I'm kind of 20- surprised that's high. Yeah, so am I. Now, 20, 23% said it should be revamped, and then trailing far 4% uh, said 
I'm indifferent. Well, I mean, everybody's got an opinion. And I know uh, personally, I, I, I did the poll and I, I said it should be revamped. Um, and, and my reasoning behind that is uh, just slight, slight changes. So, you know, tracks like the short tracks, um, you know, for uh, asphalt oval, um, I, I would really like to see the the, uh, the incident points kind of model closer towards uh, dirt tracks. Um, so that way, you, you know, you can kind of get into somebody and it's, and it's not going to just totally trash you. Um, because, well, that's, that's what short tracking is. You know, you are, you are going to get into somebody um, and, you know, keep, keep the uh, same amount of incident points, uh, you know, for the race, um, but just make it not hurt so much when, when you do kind of get into somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's kind of a different argument for whether you're road racing or if you're oval racing. I think like road racing, the situation arises from off tracks more than anything. Um, cause usually in most road cars, once you wreck it, your day's over instantly. Right. Um, and like I've done practices at spa and like you just barely go over certain lines and it's an incident, but then like walking Glen, Watkins Glen turn one, like you could just go way off into Africa there, come back on the track. <laughs> as long as you don't hit the grass, you're good. So I feel like for those people, it's different than it is for us oval people because I'm kind of the opposite of what Tony says on the dirt side. I feel like it's too lenient on dirt. Um, I actually did a limited late model race earlier today that I didn't mention earlier, but uh, turn one, guy dive bomb, door slammed me, kept going. It messed me up a little bit. I kind of saw it come at the last second, but it um, it was a 0x, and I felt it should have been at least a 2x. Um, obviously that would have hurt me as, as well as him, but I feel like that's how it should work. Um, but on the asphalt side, it is very, very sensitive. Um, like sometimes you'll get four X's for doing next to nothing. So I feel like that's the system they need to kind of fix first. I think on the oval side, I, you know, I'm only racing oval, so that's what I can speak to, but I feel like it needs to be. 15% 15% stronger or, or so. I mean, I never have to worry. I don't change how I race because I'm worried about losing my A license. It just doesn't happen. And maybe it should. And I'm okay if it, if that would, if the penalties were increased more, 15% more, I think I'd be okay with that. And, um, I feel like it's just a little too lenient. But the DQ limit would have to raise with it because I feel like the DQ limits on these oval races are just a little bit too low. Yeah, and I feel like it it they do it as like a one size fits all, which I think is a problem as well because I agree with you definitely like it should punish you more because I was able to get to A license right away and I fast tracked it, did time trials. I once I learned how the system worked, it was really easy to game it. And um I feel like you should be scared a little bit of wrecking. Obviously, you're going to wreck your car and have a bad race, and that alone should be a fear. But um, but that's yeah, what, but my point is, you know, a person at my level at three thousand I rating, we don't lose our license, and so that means the SR incident system is ineffective for us anyway. Yeah, and it um, and it's funny because I feel like accidents affect your races a lot more than they affect the lower split. The lower split kind of expect it. 
don't know. I feel like it's just a weird system that should definitely be. Yeah, and I don't know. There's a, and that's why there's 33 pages of this, and it's just mind-numbing to try to read it. And the arguments that go back and forth about who's at fault and the no fault and all that. The other thing that was interesting is the, the forum of the poll. Look who the author of the poll is, uh, the op. Lance Gomez Jr., the original wrecker, uh, wrecker himself, um, which is kind of funny that he's the one who put the poll up. But that's a blast from the past saying that name. So if you're not familiar with Lance Gomez Jr., yeah, he's a well-documented known wrecker uh, from the past that uh, was used to run NIS, you know, usually first and second split, and he usually messed those splits up pretty bad most times. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I I kind of had a hard time reading it. It is a lot of chatter about what we should do and how we should fix it and what, you know. All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, Richmond Raceway. Boy, they are awesome, man. This last week with their uh, Chaos crew, the Sim Racers from the Peak Series, got them involved in an event at the racetrack. And uh, I watched this on Facebook Live. And the first part of the event was very odd to me. They had a, a situation where they were doing a workout. And they got the five sim racers up there and got them doing push-ups in front of the stage. And the audience was doing jumping jacks and uh, stuff like that. It was a kind of workout routine or something. But later they got on stage and were able to actually race. It seems like there's nobody unhappy or anybody really has anything negative to say about the situation like I feel like Richmond Raceway is really ahead of the curve here with their push into eSports and iRacing, and I think it's going to pay dividends for them in the future for sure. What a setup. I mean, they got a huge stage. They got a huge big screen that they can broadcast so the audience can see what's going on. They got six sim rigs or so set up in front of it in a semicircle. And then these are nice rigs. And you can see over on the left all the road cases for those rigs. They're all set up to travel or to, you know, to be packed up and put away. And uh, it's quite a big setup. Now, what was really kind of a bummer was there were like a dozen people in the audience. When I was watching them do the push-ups, I counted like 11 or 12 people in the audience. And that's it. And this, is an audi- and this amphitheater they were in is probably set up for about 1,000 people. And they had a dozen. Yeah, but I feel like it's still really new. Um, I feel like I didn't yeah. see them promote this side of it as much as they probably could have or should have. Um, I didn't really know about it till it was happening. But I feel like I think we'll see a bigger growth or bigger – what's the word I'm looking for? Bigger audience and just growth overall next race. Um, I feel like once that, start, that snowball, snowball starts going, it's going to definitely grow for sure. Yeah, I mean – yeah, you got to start somewhere. Um, you know, this is the first, I believe this is the first time they've done this. Um, yeah, 12 people, that, that, that does kind of suck. But like you're saying, well, like, you know, the word will get out. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure maybe they'll double it next time. <laughs> yeah, and then they did do some pretty good 
press. I mean, the Richmond Times Dispatch, which is a local newspaper, they did a, a feature article about Richmond Raceway is the first NASCAR track to field an esports team uh, with a full length article. Uh, they interview Michael Conti and uh, get some quotes from him, uh, as well as about a little about his history coming up in racing and uh, doing sim racing and whatnot as well. Uh, of course, they talk a little bit about William Byron and his path, because obviously he came from iRacing as well. Uh, but some good press, for sure. Uh, RichmondRaceway.com also did an article about it on their website and um, described, you know, what they were doing and everything that happened and that kind of thing. Yeah, and it, um, it seemed like they basically had multiple things going on. Um, it looked like they had like a NASCAR Heat 2 set up for the public. And then they kind of had the um, the iRacing and the fitness and stuff kind of all kind of off to the side of that. I feel like as time goes on, if they start phasing out the NASCAR Heat 2 for iRacing and people can really get a little bit more involved and on a rig there and not using a controller... I think that would definitely help them out as well. This is a, yeah, you're right. They need, they just need to keep doing it and the people will eventually come. And the setup they have is great. That setup should be taken and put up at every NASCAR track, not just Richmond. I mean, Richmond's twice a year. So, I mean, it, it looks like it's set up to travel. I mean, like I saw that with the road cases and all that other stuff. So, that would be neat if NASCAR would somehow get this in every city that we go to in NASCAR. That would definitely be a huge help. I don't know whose idea was that Richmond Raceway. I have a hard time saying Yeah, that. the track funding it. Yeah, who's funding yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know whose idea that was, but it's a really good idea. Um, but whether it's the NASCAR teams themselves, the other tracks, or even NASCAR doing it, I feel like they need, you're right, they need to have this thing as a, like, track to track to track and watch that thing grow because I, th I really feel like it's really cool to have a face to the driver. Um, yes, yes, that is so big. I was going to say that as well. Yeah, I believe even RaceBot TV's, their last broadcast, they were actually cutting into one of the drivers on a webcam. So I feel like... Like, that's a great push for the sport, for sure. Yeah, and there's a picture that uh, was posted on Twitter from at uh, Sim Seats uh, showing the uh, Sim Racers on stage. And so you can see them and put a name with a face. And, of course, Marcus Richardson is a is there in the middle, and he's the tall guy. He is super tall, uh, and he really sticks out there, obviously, over these other short guys. But uh, interesting uh, group. Oh, this is good. And, you know, like uh, it, it's almost on a weekly basis that we're, we're talking about um, NASCAR promoting the, the eSports series in one way or the other. You know, like a lot of peak antifreeze coverage and, um, you know, Richmond Raceway, uh, the, the chaos crew is getting is getting a lot of press. So it's just you know, it, more and more uh, publicity, um, you know, for iRacing and, and, and for this uh, this eSport. Um, you know, so they're, they, they really are backing this. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's going to go somewhere. It has to. Yeah. I really like the idea of getting these guys out in the public eye, you know?
uh, put in the name with the face is huge. Uh, people like us that are kind of entrenched in the sport of NASCAR and sim racing, we know the names. I mean, I know that's Marcus Richardson because I've used to run with him back in Nordgar League back in the day and and whatnot. And I just know who he is, and and I follow him on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So. But other people don't necessarily know the names, you know, those other NASCAR fans out there, because it is a virtual sport. And so it's really important to get those faces out and to have them there in person, I think, is huge. That's a huge uh, next step. And uh, kudos to Richmond for getting it done. All right, I'll jump to the next one here. Uh, Sim Racing Blacklist. Now... This was uh, something that happened on Facebook this last week. I, I kind of saw happen as it happened. And um, there was a different Facebook group where this guy uh, posted, man, I just got ripped off by this other guy selling him some sim racing equipment. And um, the thread went on and on. It was in the iRacing flea market. And as people commented, man, I got ripped off by that guy too. And then this other guy said, oh, I have a buddy who got ripped off by that same guy too. This and this happened. Oh, yeah, he ripped my friend off two years ago and so on. And there's all these people that calling the same person out. And apparently he is a well-known fraudster when it comes to buying and selling sim racing equipment. Like you'll pay the guy and then he'll never ship the product. Or... He's buying some, I don't know. And so the group kind of came to a consensus. Hey, we need a different Facebook group just to list these people because apparently there's more than one of them. So, um, but this is the guy that kind of started it. His name is Stephen Michael Conway. And I'm not afraid to really put that out there because it's very obvious that he has uh, taken several dozen people for fraud um on this and if you search that name in the forums you'll see for yourself uh, all the past threads of people that have had a problem with this guy financially uh will i joined you to the group earlier today what'd you think about that you know it's funny because i actually saw this uh post on the iRacing flea market um before i saw the other link this morning to the group but it um yeah, it was amazing just how many people knew he, who he was by name right away. Um, and I read through, I think it was like a, like at least 170-something comments. Um, and I read through most of them just bored. I don't even know what I was doing at the time. But um, it's really cool to have this second group to just kind of keep that in check because I feel like everybody I've met in the sim racing community has been very nice, very generous, very um, forthcoming. Like They've all been great people. But there's always those bad apples, and if we get those guys picked out, I think it's just good for the community as a whole. Yeah, and as you read through the thread, there's story after story after story of uh, this particular guy, you know, scamming people. Man, it's just sad. Yeah, it definitely is, but one thing that caught me by surprise is, I mean, people were on top of it. They, um knew who he was where he was from like they all rallied together so it really shows you man don't don't do anyone dirty there um you'll get caught out for sure <laughs> yeah and the post in the forums with his name on them 
uh, date back to 2016. Uh, 2017, there was another issue, and now here in 2018 again. All right, what's next? Yeah, so we um actually Keegan Leahy posted a setup webinar on Facebook Live. Um, I watched through a little bit of it. I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked, but it's a really cool kind of shows how he sets up um the VRS sets and his thought process and how he utilizes their telemetry. So if you're interested in learning setups or want to get more involved with telemetry, there's a ton of great content there for sure. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it either. I kind of looked at parts of it. It really looks good information if you're trying to learn how to do setups for sure. Yeah, and to find it, you just want to hunt down um, Virtual Racing School's Facebook page under their videos. Because, yeah, it's definitely something that you're going to have to watch in multiple segments and really take your time to absorb all the information for sure oh yeah if you just sit down and watch it once you're you're, you know you'll get an idea but you're right it's one of those things that you're gonna have to absorb over time you know it's a lot of material all right what's next all right rick matek uh brought one of their rigs to homestead uh speedway on the on the 14th and 15th um they were there for uh the FARA and Trans Am South Florida Challenge, giving people a chance to drive cars from the event around the track that they were at. Um, I guess they had a little competition too. The driver who set the fastest lap uh, won a new tablet. Um, and they even had uh, Ernie Francis Jr., uh, the track record holder, uh, there giving advice uh, to people making their way around. That's pretty cool. He's got. He's right. He's still in his fire suit. He's just kind of hunched down, telling her uh, how to get around the track. And what about that rig? I mean, man, those triples, they're like 55-inch triples or something. They're huge. And that whole rig, is the bottom of it is a road case. It's all set up to be packed up and shipped around. And then the computer and stuff is all rack-mounted in a rack over on the right with big old snake uh, cables uh, to hook it everything together. Pretty nice setup. Yeah, that thing's got to be, um, they must have moving that thing down to a science, because I know moving my rig wasn't easy. I couldn't imagine moving something with monitors that big. They even have a fourth monitor up there on a stand, you know, for the people uh, behind can see, you know, a, a TV version of what's going on. I don't know if that's a second computer driving that or what. Yeah, I think that has to be a second computer, but that yeah, that's really cool so you can kind of see what's going on outside the car. So pretty cool. A Rick Motech, they're uh, from South Florida, and they do have open houses uh, in their facility uh, down there in South Miami every month, I believe, and you can go in and try their stuff. All right, next topic. I got a letter, or actually an email, from a listener, Adam Baker. And uh, I'm going to read the letter that he wrote here. Uh, Hi, all. Just wanted to say I love listening to the podcast. and It gets me through the day at work, especially today when I was having a rough one. A little backstory on my iRacing career so far. I started iRacing back in 2012. I was on summer break from college. I had a lot of fun and wanted to continue playing. But I couldn't really play too much while at school. So I let my membership expire. I came back a few times in between. But I just recently picked iRacing back up again. I've had never really had any intentions of progressing out of rookie street stocks 
because I had so much fun in them. But as I get back into the game, I finally decided that I want to progress into some of the Oval Series races. So I was going through yesterday and looking up the members of the podcast on iRacing, like I assume a lot of people might have done. Then decided later in that day I'd go back and look at the past races I had done when I first started in iRacing. I remember that I'd won the first race I'd ever participated in and decided to open up the results of that event and see what I have done those many years ago. I was practicing what seemed like two weeks before I ever went into a race and was also terrified of crashing someone because I had watched some YouTube videos and people didn't seem very forgiving. When I opened up the result of the race, I looked down and who is the person that finished second to me? No other than Mike Ellis. I can't believe that I have been in a race with you over five years ago at this point. I would have never known if I hadn't looked it up. Anyway, sorry for the ramble. Just thought this was super cool. And he actually sent a a screenshot of those results from over five years ago. And yes, there I am finished second to Mr. Adam Baker in the uh, dirt in the street stock uh, pavement. <laughs> that is so awesome. Uh, yeah. Talk about Talk about throwback, eh? Yeah. I wrote back and told him it's a small world, I guess, but yeah, uh, looks, yeah pretty cool. looks like he lapped a whole field too. So he, um, he did some good practicing. That's right. Look, I'm a lap down in second. That is crazy. You know, the bulk of my wins were that first year. You know, when I was in the rookie and the and the licensed D cars and all that, I have 47 official wins or something like that. But like 40 of those are are back then. You know, I really of modern wins in the NASCAR series, I don't have a lot. Maybe a dozen. All right, what's next? Uh, we have a good YouTube video from um, Ray Alfala doing an interview with VRS uh, or the Virtual Racing School. And it's a really, really well done interview. You can find it on YouTube um, under the Virtual Racing School's channel. But they go into um, multiple topics, um, basically how his season's going, how VRS helps him, the team, how they're able to share data. He also covers like some more personal topics as far as like his favorite track, his thoughts on the peak schedule, how he coaches via VRS, um, what's going on with the NASCAR eSports program, um, how his peak team is structured, and all the changes he's seen over the last 10 years. So it's a, a lot of really good information. I pretty much watched the whole interview start to finish, and it's um very well done, very organized, very clean, sounds great and full of uh, really cool content so yeah really good cool content that's what i thought i also watched the whole thing as well um lots of information from ray and he does talk a lot about brs and virtual racing school and what it actually is it's more than just setups that are delivered to you and that's what a lot of people kind of think but the software is is pretty cool and i'm kind of glad i watched it because i think i learned more about how it works because I'm not a I'm not a member, um, but I have a teammate that is, so I kind of know about it from what I've heard. Um, but apparently, you know, like he was saying in the team, everybody has got this VRS software installed, and it it uploads to the website, the VRS website, your setup, your your result, your your times, all your telemetry, um, everything, and 
so Ray was saying he just logs into the website and he can see the teams and what they ran last race. He can download their setup. He can see their ride heights. He can see their times and how they fell off. There's so much information there and it's really taken their team to the next level because that's how they're interacting as far as setup changes. They're using it as a tool um, to do that. And I didn't really realize it did all of that. I kind of had an idea of how it works, but it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it got, it looks like it gets to the point where you could actually follow a driver's throttle and brake trace. So if you're losing out to one of your teammates, I mean, you could go in and look at his lap specifically and see exactly how long he's on the throttle, how much brake he's inputting, is he trail braking? So, I mean, it really shows you everything you need to see to kind of get up the pace. Yep, and uh, they have coaching, one-on-one coaching. He talked about that. You can pay him and actually have him personally coach you. And um, he talked about how to get faster and what is the process and how how much effort do you have to put in to, to take it to the next level. And very good information. Great video. Uh, you can find it at Virtual Racing School on YouTube. All right, Tony, what's next? Yeah, this one. This this one's awesome. Uh, one of one of the many reasons why I just I love this guy. Uh, apparently, uh, Dale Junior's back in the iRacing uh, atmosphere. Um, he uh, he threw up a post, and all it is is a meme. It's a John Travolta meme, and he's just kind of looking around. Hey, what's what's going on here, guys? That's it. Didn't say nothing. Just posted the meme, and um, in in a, in a whole topic all on its own. Um, Brand new topic, just with his meme. That's it. That's all. Uh, so guess what? Uh, Junior's back. <laughs> all right. At least he's uh, reading the forums. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, we post the podcast to the forums once a week. Maybe he'll see it. Yeah, That's he, pretty uh, cool. He has a good sense of humor because basically what I get from that is like he's back and he has no clue what's going on. Um, I'm sure iRacing's definitely changed a lot since he's been really really used it <laughs> yeah if you click his name dale earnhardt jr you see registration date february 3rd 2007 and he's posted 18 messages in his forum lifetime and the last time he posted 2010 so it's been over eight years since he posted Pretty cool, pretty cool. All right, uh, next up, Belle Isle of Detroit is coming to iRacing. This was just announced uh, literally as we were uh, getting ready to record the the podcast. Uh, kudos, Will, on grabbing the content here for us to talk about. Uh, they did post up Greg Hill from the, the Aussie, uh, posted up some high-res screenshots. Uh, what would you guys think, man? It looks good. I'm not too familiar with the circuit. I know it's obviously in Detroit. It's got some history with IndyCar. Um, but these screenshots, they just look phenomenal. The amount of detail, just down to like the patches of concrete that are cut and overlaid is just phenomenal. They put looks like they really put a lot of effort into this. So There's this um, one screenshot I jump I clicked on and zoomed in on and it's it is a high res. There's like a manhole in the street and it looks like they covered it in 
concrete, you know, and it's all cracked, that particular patch. And it's amazing the detail, you know, that that's involved here. You can tell it's really a scan. That was the first thing that that was that was the uh, the first picture that I that I clicked on to look at, and that was the first thing that popped out at me. I was like, "Oh no way! It's a freaking uh, manhole cover that's been you know kind of paved over and, and drove over a few times." Um, yeah, this stuff just doesn't cease to amaze me anymore. Um, but it's such awesome eye candy. The uh, eye racing always seems to do a pretty pretty darn good job of these tracks. Now, with a street course like this, you'd almost expect it to be like the Long Beach release where, remember, they didn't do the buildings. They just did the track, and it's like half done. This probably has to do a little bit more with the fact that they're using more drones and stuff of that nature to capture those footage and shots. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if those drones kind of help make this track possible um, and not be one of those tech tracks like Long Beach. Yeah, it does appear to be a finished product. That's what I'm trying to say. So, will I buy it? Probably not. But if you're an IndyCar, you might like that. Yeah, if I remember correctly, this this feels like the first new circuit or thing they've really done for roads since, um, as far as tracks go, since Snetterton. So that's yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah. All right, what's next? So uh, we had some um, media coverage of iRacing this week. Uh, NASCAR.com kind of did their weekly update on as far as what's going on with iRacing. Um, they kind of got a recap of uh, the iRacing and NASCAR world and kind of where they overlapped. Um, Will Byron tweeted uh, he joined a race and got paired with uh, none other than Kyle Larson. So I um, got two NASCAR stars in one official race. It That's like. pretty cool, man. How'd you like to be in that race? So Williams Grove, uh, Clay Oval. I don't know what track it was. I mean, what uh, car it was. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that, but yeah, no, that's really, really cool. Um, just imagine just being like a fan of either one of those. Or it's probably so rare for users to get paired with NASCAR drivers, and then to get two in the same race. <laughs> yep. Cup um, drivers, yeah. Yeah, then you have um, Daniel Suarez was uh, driving the Richmond Raceway Simulator. Um, it's a full cockpit car. I don't know if they are using VR, if they have monitors inside. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a full-size cup car that they're using and as a rig. one note is the paint job of that full cup car that Daniel's sitting in is none other than uh, the trading paints paint job of none o- uh, Logan Clampett from the Peak Series. That's his paint job on that car so that's pretty cool i think that they took a sim racing paint a unique sim racing paint and actually put it on a real race car usually it's the other way around yeah that is um it's phenomenal i can imagine growing up playing racing games and then getting to a point where your sim racing paint job is on a real life race car that's, right it's that's like really that's cool. a first right Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, so Steve Lavender from Trading Paints is actually the author of this uh, article. He, he obviously has a job working for NASCAR.com as an author. Yeah, it's really nice how they're kind of overlapping the iRacing world and the NASCAR world and really showing 
how much these NASCAR drivers use this product. And uh, <coughs> excuse me. All right, Tony, what's next? Uh, dirt racing news site onedirt.com had a great article about how iRacing is changing the dirt track game. It uh, it went over the history of dirt racing simulators, and uh, the the writer Ben Shelton. Um, talked about his first endeavor commentating and, and calling a, a virtual race. It's a really, uh, really intriguing article. Um, just to kind of quote him a couple times, he says, uh, somebody um, asked him, you know, hey, you want, you want to come and, and uh, commentate uh, one of these uh, virtual races? And he, they ultimately, kind of uh, saying ah, I don't you know very reluctant um, at first he said you know what what the hell you uh, you love trying new and different stuff so well, give it a shot um, and uh, you know he was told in advance like you're gonna be blown away by this because the realism is through the roof and and we have some really really good drivers that take part in these races um, he goes on to say you know it's, it's, uh, not that he didn't doubt it but he's uh, a little apprehensive to, to buy into the concept. Um, but uh, he goes on to say, you know, as, as it would turn out, he was uh, he was spot on. Um, it's, uh, it's a really good read. Um, and basically at the end of it, he, he, he had a blast uh, calling this race and, uh, you know, was, was blown away by the, the quality of driving and, and, you know, how the cars reacted on the track and, and, you know, how the how the uh, the track changes throughout the race and you know every everything us i racers have been able to experience this guy kind of sitting on the outside looking in got to got to see it and was uh, really thrown for a loop. Yeah, so he's a real dirt announcer who got asked to announce a virtual race and then loved it. Yeah, pretty cool. I I also read this article and um, the the quote right at the end. As a professional broadcaster, I find it especially intriguing because I can make money announcing races from the comfort of my home. There's no rainouts, there's no overhead, there's no long drives home. Throw it all together, and iRacing's dirt track expansion is definitely changing the game. And so he's looking at it as maybe a potential career opportunity. He's going to become a dirt track announcer virtually somehow. Pretty cool. All right, let's go into hardware software. Running out of time. Uh, Rob Crouch from Australia posted up in the forums a post called Automatically Highlight Your Row in Event Results. And he posted up a picture of a race results and it has a big old yellow highlight across the line where he, where he is. And it's a Tamper Monkey extension for the Chrome browser that you can install that he wrote. And so if you go to that web post, you can download the, the extension for Google Chrome or Firefox uh, that will highlight your row in the entries. Now, it's, this is kind of nice. I don't know, know that I'm going to take the moment to actually install it, though. That's, you know, hey, good, good on him. I, you know, and I could... Um... See a lot of people using it. Why not, right? Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't think I'll, I'll put that extension. I try not to keep any extensions on my, right. on my browsers. But um, you know, it, it's a ni it's nice to be able to have this option. Um, and it, it looks like it works well. 
Yep. All right, Will, what's next? So it looks like we have some um, some pedals from Rickmo Tech. Um, they're floor mount Willwood three pedal set. Um, and they are some nice looking pedals for sure. Yeah, these have been around, but I thought we should bring them back up again because these are obviously an option on the marketplace. Uh, price $1,075. And uh, three pedals. It has a base plate, uh, floor plate, so to speak. And uh, boy, if you're looking for high end pedals, these are definitely something you should look at, you know. It's got a proper clutch pedal, too. Yeah, and it looks like it's hydraulic, but the thing that really stands out to me is the throttle pedal. Um, it is a big, like, you could put a definitely shoe on that thing. It's a big floor-mounted pedal. It's My dad used to have, Physically like, big. Old, my dad used to have an old, like, 66 Kenworth water truck at our dirt track, and it reminds me of the pedal on that thing. It's humongous. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, if you're looking for a hydraulic pedal, there's not a lot of choices, but this is one of them that a lot of people forget about. Um, always people talk about, you know, HPP and uh, the other guy, I forget the name, Hungsveld. Yeah, that's it. But everyone forgets about Rickmotech, so don't, so don't forget about them. All right, uh, Tony, what's next? You caught me sleeping. Um, a this is the one Greg was excited about. Okay. Um, yeah, and I I just opened it up, so I don't really know what's going on here. It's um, a setup viewer. Uh, I sent a picture of it. Uh, if you click the link at the bottom of the post, you'll see a picture of it. Uh, you download it. It's The website is called mysimracingapps.ratbrat.net. And uh, this guy made a little executable that will basically, what you do is you export your setup from iRacing into an exportable, and then this app will read it, so to speak, and uh, show it to you visually on the screen outside of the sim. And you can see what the tire pressures are in your setups. You can see the setup. And it's all made smaller, so you can see it all on one screen without scrolling, which is something that's very annoying within the sim, because you have to scroll to see the whole thing. Yeah, it looks like you can even pair two setups side by side and compare. Yep, compare. Um, that's the big one. That's that's got to make changing and doing setups so much better. That's something I um I use I analyze and they have a way you can look at it, but you do have to kind of scroll, which is kind of a small pain. Um, this is amazing. I think the only thing, if it printed that page out, that would be like the bee's knees right there. That's that thing's really cool. Yeah, maybe it does. I haven't tried it, though. But uh, Greg was going to try it, I think, and to report back what he thought about it. So maybe next week we'll have a report from Greg. Um, but he was really excited about this, that you could you know, see them side by side without scrolling and do a comparison and see what's you know different. All right, next up. Uh... Yeah, I'm lost. Oh, yeah, here we go. Once again, we sold out. Uh, Protosimtech.com is another company that puts out pedals. Now, they have a different kind of pedal, 400 bucks plus shipping, uh, U.S. dollars. And these are not hydraulic, uh, but 
not a bad price for 400 bucks. They look really nice, um, and they do them in batches. And so uh, apparently they every time they do a batch, um, they sell out. So that's what they announced on the website uh, and in the forums. Uh, hey, we sold out in four minutes. And so that's how fast it happened. They went on sale, and four minutes later, they were gone. That's phenomenal. I don't, I don't know how big their batches are, but that's, um, that's really cool for them. I think it's good that there's more companies making these products, and it seems like the costs are coming down because um, those are some really nice-looking pedals, and I know that's going to be my next investment on my rig is some good pedals because just those... Yeah, Chris Smith, uh, Chris Smith from Virginia is uh, the guy who's running that company. He said there's 42 per batch, um, but that's what they have to make as far as their CNC machine can make. That's the max they can do at once, apparently, uh, uh, per sheet. So they have a CNC machine that, you know, they build these with. That's pretty cool. All right, what's next? I was uh, scrolling through the, the forums, and I and I, I found this. Um, it's, a, it's a YouTube video embedded into the forum, and... Uh, <laughs> Basically, he says uh, a race team with a little too much money, and uh, I don't know what kind of car it is. Um, definitely a road road car of some sort, but uh, they they set that up as as, as a simulator. Um, they got huge triples in in front of it. Now it's it, this is the full car, um, at least the shell. Uh, but um, it looks like a Lamborghini or something. Yeah, yeah, I. I I'm not very good with these type of cars to be able to pick them out what kind of car that is, but now this is a full motion rig. Uh, it's it's a quick yeah, you can see it wobbling, but <laughs> yeah, so you actually get in the car. It looks like you know the um, it it almost looks like it's a it's a you know full car. I'm sure they don't have a motor and stuff in there, but um, everything else is 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 full out. You look out through the windshield to see the uh, the triple monitor set up. Um, <laughs> as far as, uh, setups go, this is, uh, this, this one's pretty crazy. A little over the top, uh, the triples outside the front of an actual race car. Yeah. I mean, like we're, we gotta be talking like 60 inch friggin' monitors, uh, triple monitors, um, to get, to get that. But <laughs> yeah, a little too much money. I have a little too much money. I think so. I I'd love to have that problem. That's crazy, man. I think we've seen like every kind of rig you can think of, and then er, then next the next week comes and we see something we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah, like uh, we we saw that one where they, that guy, that guy built the was it an F one cockpit and it was like almost the whole car. Um, yeah. But th this one, I gotta say, like, uh, you know that that guy built it himself to scale and it looked really well. But <laughs> these guys just use a whole freaking car. Um, yeah. What's next? <laughs> All right, Will, now what's next? Yeah, we um got some uh, a post, actually, from David Tucker talking about the uh, new Fanatec McLaren GT3 steering wheel. Um, I actually saw people getting this because I know we talked about it in the past. They were doing pre-orders, and it looks like they're starting to ship these things out. But, um, yeah, he said he doesn't usually like to promote particular products. Um but he says with the dual clutch system, it works very well with the the sim. It sounds like um, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to read into any more detail on it, but um, 
I know the dual clutch system has been kind of a thing we've talked about the last few weeks, and this seems to be like one of the first manufactured wheels from a major company that has it. So if you're really into road racing and want to go that route, it looks like a great option. Yeah, and because of the the way the hand paddles are configured, you can act. This is a perfect wheel for somebody who can't use pedals. So, you know that that's handicapped in some way. Um, and he mentions that it's really good for you know people in that situation as well. You can use that dual clutch thing as a throttle brake apparently, and get and remap them. That's actually really cool. I've never thought of that, but yeah, there is definitely a lot of racers out there that unfortunately can't use pedals. That's a really smart use of those. Yep. Uh, yeah, but and pretty neat that David Tucker, who works for iRacing, has actually did a proper review of this. He, it's a nice long post where he type, you know, he types out everything he thinks about the wheel. And um, if you're interested, I mean, looking at the pictures of it on the website at fanatech.com. It's only 170 bucks, and it looks nice. I mean, it's got carbon fiber on the front and all these buttons and stuff and, I mean, knobs and everything. It's a Formula One kind of style look to it. Yeah, it, um, it almost looks, I mean, it looks really good, but once you see the price, it's like it, you almost feel like it's too cheap for how nice it is. Yeah, it, when you look at it, I would guess this is uh, at least 500 bucks. You're right. <laughs> a quick release system, you know. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, I'm going to take the final topic. It's our old buddy Ty Majeski, the highest I-rating oval guy on the service. Guess what? He's back in victory lane. He won in the I-racing Ford. Uh, they had eight, eight inches of snow the day before the race. Uh, and they were still able to get the race in, and he won it. So pretty yeah. cool. Uh, he hasn't had a, a lot of great runs yet in that Roush Fenway Xfinity car that he's been sharing with Chase Briscoe and that other guy. Yeah, as I say, he I think he only has two, maybe three starts this year. I think he has a lot more races kind of middle of summer, so hopefully he starts... Um, having some success there because I think it's really cool to have somebody carry that iRacing banner forward. Yeah, this race he won is a super late model, actually, at the Dells Raceway Park. It was called the Icebreaker 100. All right, that's final topic. Let's get a final thoughts. Tony Groves, what do you got? Um, well, I, I, I really wasn't... Uh sure what to think you know after coming off a, a rough stretch at uh richmond uh, only to come into to talladega you know you basically throw the dice down the craps table and see where things land um definitely had a good start to the week and uh you know hopefully i can you know at the very least uh stay there with my nis races um but you know uh i love talladega so much fun um I almost uh, think I like it better than Daytona. Um, I tend to find a little bit better racing for the super speedways, as much of a crapshoot they are. Um, but you know, hey, let's roll. Let's roll the dice and, and hope for a nice strong finish in the in the NIS uh, race. I'm going to do Thursday night. So um, 
yeah, that's all I got today. Yeah, it's a little bit wider at Talladega, so there's a little bit more room to maneuver, you know. All right, uh, William Gibson, final thoughts. Uh, not a whole lot here. Um, I'm excited to be back on the show. I apologize to everybody who likes to watch the YouTube content that we didn't have it the last two weeks, but we're back. And um, I actually want to shout out Crypto Nick. He's been in our chat this whole time, and he actually let us know uh, Dell Jr. ran two races today. Um, in the dirt street stock, it sounds like. So, um, if you want to try to run with Junior, try to check those out. But, um, yeah, and no, I'm really excited to be back. Uh, it's a new stage in my life, and um, I feel like I have a phenomenal hobby with some really good people, and I'm glad to be on the team and keep this moving forward. Well, maybe that's our topic. Uh, Dale Junior's back, first race in uh, over ten year or eight years. All right, uh, my final thought, uh, Talladega, Talladega, man, I love the restrictor plates. I don't know why I do good there, but I do. And the rest of the time on the other tracks, I'm kind of a mid-pack driver, and I'm not afraid to say that because that's the truth. Um, but, boy, when we come to Talladega, I'm a threat to win, and everybody knows it. On the team, everybody knows it, you know, and we talk about it, and it feel, I can feel the pressure of, like, wow, I need to win now, you know. And then to go out today and run that A fixed and to finish second and be there to make my move for the, you know, for the win at the end on the final lap and didn't quite make it, but at least I had the opportunity, you know, after running dead last, man, that feels so good. And man, I can't wait to get a win this week. I hope I do. Um, I'm actually going to miss the race Wednesday night. It's my wife's birthday. We're going out to dinner and uh, I'm going to miss it, but bummer. And, uh, but she's always, you know, had her birthday on Talladega week and I've always had to deal with that. But, um, well with that, I'll hope to get the win and the fixed at least, and we'll see how that goes tomorrow. All right. With that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.